0: Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So, your Golden State Warriors dropped game one of the NBA Finals 120-108 to to the Celtics. And I gotta say, that was a different kind of experience, if you know what I mean. Right? We've all seen the Warriors lose tough games, close games, but... I don't, think, I don't think I've seen the Warriors lose a game like this in the playoffs, let alone the finals. Literally just have a decent lead, not like a running away with it lead, and then just get blown out of the water after that. It was a little like that Portland Trailblazers, Los Angeles Lakers game seven where Portland had like a, a big lead in the fourth and then they just choke really badly. It wasn't that bad. That one was way more disastrous because their lead was bigger. This was just a strange game. I was like, oh, okay. The Warriors can lose this way. So this game answered some questions for me, not all of them. The first one is, yeah, okay. The Celtics are that good. Credit to them. They did what they had to do. They hit tons of shots and their defense is... As advertised, they are on a string. They are swarming. Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year, he made some big plays that a Defensive Player of the Year would make, stripping balls, getting hands out there, etc. So their defense is that good, and as a team, they, they are that good. One thing it doesn't answer, though, is whether or not Jason Tatum is that guy. Jason Tatum had a terrible shooting game. He was 3 for 17, but he had 13 assists and 5 boards, 12 points. And if you win the game, it doesn't matter. He was plus 16, so uh, good on him. But I look at this game and see where it fell apart for the Warriors. And honestly, it was not getting anything at all, really, from Jordan Poole or Clay Thompson. Clay played 39 minutes. He was 6 for 14. He had 15 points, a quiet 15 points. Jordan Poole, 25 minutes, two for seven, only one for five from three. He was negative 19, nine points. Jordan Poole, he looked jittery from the start. I had talked about the Warriors need to punch the Celtics in the mouth, and Steph did. Steph looked so focused. He looked like he was coming after it. He was draining threes throughout the first quarter, and it looked like he was going to have one of those games. But at the end of one, the Warriors were only up four. And so I was like, okay, that's kind of a bad sign. But we've seen this Warriors team overcome and then have that second unit really, really put it on the other team. But in this one, they just didn't. Jordan Poole, he was exploited on defense. He got some bad fouls and he just wasn't in rhythm so I don't know exactly what it was like I said maybe it was just the the bright lights but he always seems like he's prepared for the bright lights that he loves the bright lights but who knows who knows that's something for Steve Kerr and Jordan Poole and the coaching staff to figure out and it felt like with Jordan Poole they had scouted him pretty well and they knew some of his key moves that he likes to do and he ended up just kind of dancing a lot. They let him dance in space, but he didn't really go anywhere. So I think he just needs to look at film. They need to figure out how to get him going a little bit more. And he's got to find it within himself to just be aggressive and play his game. Bottom line, you know, that might sound like canned coach speak or whatever, but he did not look like the Jordan Poole that we've seen in these playoffs and that I had hoped would come out firing and come out hot like he had in the previous three series in game one. I kept saying that in the second and fourth quarters when Steph rested, the Warriors, that's when they gave up their leads and that's when they got behind. Obviously, it was worse in the fourth. Once Steph went to the bench, the Warriors, they had a 10-point lead going into the fourth, But then usually Steph comes in in the regular season at the six-minute mark in the fourth. Sometimes in the playoffs, eight-minute, eight-and-a-half-minute. He came in at the nine-and-a-half-minute mark because the Celtics were just stopping the Warriors. And they were scoring. And it was like, hey, this lead is like down (laughs) to three, you know? So Steve Kerr wisely put Steph in. And to be clear, like this is something that fans in previous years would complain about, like not putting Steph in sooner not quote-unquote chasing the winds, right? That's from last season. But he was chasing it here, and he put Steph in, but it just wasn't enough. By that point, the Celtics, they were just draining everything. Bottom line, they just hit every shot. And what can you do? I mean, the Warriors' defense in the second quarter, they were a step slow. They weren't covering. The Celtics were getting a ton of wide-open threes. And then in the third quarter, coming out the break, they had kind of a typical Warriors third quarter where they played well and they built up a lead and they outscored the Celtics by 14 points. And I actually thought that like, okay, the Warriors are going to take this one because I don't know if the Celtics can come up with some kind of adjustment for that. But the adjustment was basically watch the Warriors not be able to shoot and then watch the Celtics all of a sudden hit every single shot from three. Before you knew it, it was a six point lead, an eight point lead, an 11 point lead, and then more than that. And then all of a sudden, there was like a minute left and it was done. So, you know, I said before this, like the Warriors got to come out, punch the Celtics in the mouth. And Steph tried. They kind of came out with some force early on, but the Celtics, they fight. They fight back. They're a very good, resilient team. And they had jitters too. Jason Tatum didn't look good at the start. For the first few quarters, Jalen Brown was shooting terribly, you know? He was shooting like four for 12 or something like that. And I was worried that the Warriors didn't take advantage of the Celtics. And by the time the Celtics settled down, the score was tied and the Celtics went up by one into halftime. So it's, it's tough, you know? Clay, sometimes I forgot he was actually on the court. He couldn't break free or get anything. So the Warriors gonna have to figure that out. I mean it's a long series, but this is a telling game, right? I had said I had some opinions and some thoughts, but in a lot of ways you didn't know what to expect seeing these teams. But the Celtics, they they look very, very good. And I said, hey, If the Celtics can beat a healthy Warriors team, then, you know, you tip your cap to them and you move on to the next one. I hate the fact that they wasted a game like this from Steph. You know, Draymond Green, he took his shots and this was one of those games where he missed all of them, right? He was terrible. At one point, he was like one for seven at half. I think Jordan Poole at half was one for four. And then Draymond ended up two for 12, 11 boards, four points. He missed all three of his free throws. You know, I had said before the playoffs, I felt like Andrew Wiggins was going to cost us a game because of free throws and Wiggins hit both of his and so did Kevon Looney. It was Draymond who missed three. The two that he missed at the end of the game, they weren't really going to make that big of a difference, but they definitely killed any chance of making a run. Are you ready for the NBA chance to be crowned? Join the finals action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the NBA finals? With a DraftKings same-game parlay, you can do just that. This NBA season, a customer placed a $5 same-game parlay and won over $5,000. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total made threes, total rebounds, and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Bright spot, Andre Iguodala. He looked healthy, but you know, a little out of rhythm in some places, but he hit a big three. He hit a nice dunk out of the dunker spot on a alley-oop from Draymond. And in general, I think he'll be even better in game two. Otto Porter Jr., 24 minutes, four for five from three. He only shot from three. Four boards, minus 18, but 12 points. I mean, he saved them in a lot of big ways. I mean, those, those threes he hit because it felt like every time the Warriors started making a move, Every time the Warriors hit a big shot, like a big three, the Celtics would come down and hit one too. So it was one of those things where you just couldn't get any breathing room. I didn't even realize that the Warriors had had a 10-point lead in the first half until I was watching the second half and I checked the box score and I was like, oh, we already had a 10-point lead because it never felt like it was that comfortable right? And that's something that you got to think about. The Celtics, they made Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole uncomfortable. And that's something that not many teams have done. Obviously, the Grizzlies were a tough matchup. And seeing this Celtics team, I think they're actually (laughs) a worse matchup because of their length and because of their overall skill up and down the roster. Hopefully, (laughs) the Celtics don't shoot this well the whole series because if they do, then it's kind of lights out. It feels like what the Mavericks were supposed to do, right? Find the open guy and hit an open three. Mavericks couldn't do it. The Celtics did. So those adjustments are something that they're going to need to figure out. During the game, you know, I'm on a group text with a bunch of dudes. One guy was saying that they don't think that Jonathan Kaminga will get many minutes in this series, and I tend to agree. But that was when the Warriors had a lead, and it didn't feel like he would be necessary. I don't know. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. I guess what I'm saying is like, if Poole is like this the whole series, then you might have to sit him in favor of Gary Payton in favor of Andre Iguodala, in favor of Jonathan Kaminga if you need a bigger, more athletic, longer body out there. Because what the Celtics are, what people had said ahead of the series, is that they're longer and more athletic than teams the Warriors have faced like the Grizzlies, like the Mavericks, right? So that clearly bothered them. Whereas on the defensive end, once there were breakdowns, he just had open Celtics standing there shooting threes. You know, Wiggins did an admirable job trying to chase them down and everything, but he just couldn't do it. I mean, Wiggins in general, he was great. He showed up, he came to play. He played 35 minutes, eight for 15, only two of seven from three. Like I said, he hit his two free throws, five boards, minus 11, but he had 20 points. He was the second best player after Steph for 3 quarters I would say, right? And it's not like he was bad in the fourth, but he was the secondary scorer. He was carrying them after Steph. He hit some big shots, he had some crazy high off the glass tip shot in the first half, but he was aggressive, he was playing hard defense and he was going after rebounds, etc. all that stuff. But if he's going to be your secondary scorer, we know That he can't really, really, you can't count on him to sustain that for the whole game, right? Not taking away anything from him, but they're not, they're just not built that way. He's not built that way. He could do it potentially here and there, but he's not somebody that you expect. If he scores 15 in the first half, you don't expect him to score 15 more in the second half or anything like that. So, again, that's where the lack of, Clay really having an impactful game and Jordan Poole having just bottom line, just a bad game, a bad game. All the stuff about them attacking him on defense was true. He gave you a little bit on offense, but just not enough, right? Getting to the line is what he needs to do. He hit four free throws in the second half, which was huge. And I thought that would unleash him a little bit, but just on the defensive end, he looked uncertain he looked overmatched. This is not an overreaction and just saying like, oh, Clay is trash, he's washed or Jordan Poole is trash. But these are things that they didn't do well in this game. And so moving forward, you have to figure that out because most likely Jason Tatum is not going to shoot this terribly the rest of the series, right? Like I said, also, hopefully that also means that the Celtics won't shoot this well from three. 21 for 41, 51%. I mean, The Warriors, they shot 19 for 45, which ain't too shabby, but it was just in that fourth. They couldn't stop anyone. And credit to the Celtics. Like I said, you just just take that one. We didn't get jobbed. I mean, there were some bad calls by the refs, right? There were a couple calls on Steph in the first half. There was that one where it was called a push off on a three that he hit. They said he pushed off Marcus Smart, but Steph was saying that Marcus Smart held his arm and on the replay, you could see it. But of course, Mark Jackson, (laughs) he said, oh, clearly, clearly a foul on Steph. But that was something where like you saw Marcus Smart, he held Steph's arm and then Steph, I mean, that's how good he is. He was able to get off that and he still hit the shot. And one thing this game did actually make me think about is, I don't know if y'all remember. I mean, I don't think this was a real trade offer, or anything like that i think it may have been just like rumors or fan talk or blog talk or whatever but i believe it was around the 2020 james Wiseman pick there was chatter about trading for marcus smart you know and you know me like i love keeping the picks i love having these young guys as long as Wiseman is healthy i still believe he'll be a good player but at the beginning of this game i was like oh Well, you know, I I guess uh, having Marcus Smart instead of James Wiseman sitting behind the bench would be would be better. But that's just a silly thought you have when you're on the losing end of a game like this. As much as this stings, it's just one game. That fourth quarter, and you know, honestly, that second quarter they were not encouraging. But we know that Clay, and we know that. Jordan Poole, that they're made of stronger stuff. So I expect to see them come out a little bit more. Again, there's going to be a ton of adjustments on both sides. Good on the Boston Celtics for taking advantage and just draining a bunch of shots. In the end, the other truism or the other saying is it's a make or miss league. And oh my goodness, did the Celtics make shots? But it's crazy, right? Like the Celtics, man. They had a ton of assists. They pass as much as the Warriors do. So it's almost like playing a longer, in some cases, younger version, a more athletic version of yourself. Anyway, next game is on Sunday. So there's going to be two days worth of media frenzy talking head, hot takes, and all that jazz, I will probably lay low and get some other more productive work done because I want to forget this one just as much as y'all do. (laughs) Anyway, that's all I got for now. This has been another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Lupino or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at OaklandWarriors.com. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Also check us out at OaklandWarriors.com. And be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. to The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and as a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on apple podcasts and or spotify and leave us a nice review on apple podcasts that would be hugely helpful thanks for listening that's it music in this episode provided by paper sun special thanks to paul amardo for production support see you next time